church. They really are. They're great friends, and, and they really do mean a lot to us. So we're so, we're so just glad you guys are here with us this morning. And I am super excited to hear Pastor Tinyama come and deliver the word. So please, church, can we be extremely welcoming and give Pastor Tinyama a nice warm hand as he comes and gives us the word of God this morning. Thank you, Pastor Adele, for that kind and wonderful introduction. I'm now embarrassed. <laughs> but um, it's, it's a great honor to stand before you today, the first Sunday of, of the year, 2021, and have this you know, great responsibility of bringing the Word of God in in um there's a scripture in hebrews uh it's it's not part of it's not part of in hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 it says this it says the word of god is alive and active okay the word of god is alive and active it's sharper than any double-edged sword that it pierces you know to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit now, I want, I, want to, I want to bring your attention to, to the first part there, which says the Word of God is alive and active. The Word of God is alive and active. Let, let that just rest in your spirit. The Word of God is alive and active. Now, if the Word of God is alive and active, there is a certain uh, expectation then that you must bring with you every time you come to encounter the Word of God. Because the Word of God is alive and active, when the Word of God comes upon that which is dead, the Word of God in its, in its life and activity will bring to life that which is dead in the name of Jesus. And, and, and so that is my expectation as I bring the Word this morning. That's the premise upon which I'm standing, that the Word of God is alive and it's active. It's not about me. It's not about the preacher. The Word of God is self-contained. I'm getting excited. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a great honor to, you know, to just um, you know, uh, come into this house. Uh, we, love, we love Pastor Mel and, and Pastor Jacob. They are... Our dear friends, we, you know, we, you know, like Pastor Dale said, and, um, you know, I just thought I would just prank her. That's what I did yesterday, all right? So this is what I did. I rang your pastor, and I said, hey, Pastor Mel, good to hear your voice. Happy New Year. Praise God. How's the, you're like, oh, no, we just arrived at our holiday destination. I said, oh, cool. I said, I'm really excited, and I'm looking forward to preaching next week. <laughs> and she goes... She goes, what, what do you mean it's tomorrow? I said, I said, really? She said, you know, not tomorrow. I said, I gotcha. <laughs> and then after that, she's like, don't worry, I'll pay you back. She sent me a text message. She said, can't believe it. I'm still shaking my head. <laughs> but they are, you know, they are our good friends, and we, we love them, and we honor them. And it's a great honor to, you know, just come here uh, with, with Bakia and... Yeah, just minister the word of God. The first scripture that I'm going to read is uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. I am, 
kind of wrestling in, in, in my spirit as the, 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 the direction which way to go. And I was, I was just submitting to the Holy Spirit. He said, Holy Spirit, just lead me. You are the one that wants to speak to your people. So just use me this morning to, to bring a word that is relevant, revolutionary, and, you know, and, and just applicable to, to where they are, that you would usher them to where you want them to be. So we're going to kick off from Revelation chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, as we talk about everyday worship. Everyday worship. It says, the four and 20, this is the King James, the four and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Just um, bear with me. I'm just um, engaging my little timer here so it buzzes. Because what? here's the thing. What tends to happen is when I get excited... I, I, I lose track of time. It happens. My wife is here. She'll tell you that. I, I lose track of time. And I'm trying to be well-behaved. You know, I'm trying to be well-behaved, uh, you know, so that you people can go give a good report of me to Pastor Mel and Jacob. Hallelujah. You know, so the, 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 the scripture that we, we've just read here is, is, is almost like a depiction of worship in heaven. It's talking about these 24 elders that they, 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 they come, they fall down before him who sat on the throne and they worship him that liveth forever. They, they bow down. They are, you know, they, they, they have these crowns, but they lay their crowns aside and they bow down and they worship him and and the reason they worship him is because he is worthy of worship god is worthy of worship there's no one else that is worthy of our worship other than god now here's the thing that i want you to uh, to, to, to to know to understand every human being on the face of the earth is a worshiper every single one of us is a worshiper now whether we worship god or not we see worshipers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so we were created we were designed to offer worship god intended that that worship would be something that we do in our everyday existence come on now uh-huh so 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 people worship all sorts of things from nature to sports and from celebrities to technology the question that we are faced with is not whether one is a worshiper but rather what or who does one worship mm -hmm. that's the question so because everybody's a worshiper then the question is who do you worship or what do you worship what you worship or who you worship then reveals to me what kind of a, a person you are. What kind of a relationship you are in and with who. So the, the, the reason Abba Father got us into, into this relationship is so that we would be a people that are constantly bringing worship to him. 
because he is worthy. So the challenge that I have is I have a seven-hour sermon to be presented in 25 minutes. So wherever you're seated, pray for me. And let the Holy Spirit highlight that which needs to be highlighted. I have a lot, but for the sake of brevity, we're going to compress it. I said to my wife, I said, it's a seven-course meal. But what we're going to do is we just prepare a protein shake. Just drink it. Come on now. So it's going to be a spiritual protein shake. Just scarlet. it. Come on. <laughs> that, that's what we're going to do. So worship, the, 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 you know, uh, we'll, our, our, our language, our English language, is, you know, ten, tends to be restrictive and a little bit limited in, the, in, in that certain words are just kind of compressed into one. It's just, it's just worship. But when you go into, you know, the, the languages that were used to, to write the Bible, the Old Testament being Hebrew and the New Testament being, you know, you know Aramaic and, 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 and Greek, you know, there, there, there are certain words that are used. You know, for example, worship in the in the uh, King, sorry, in the Old Testament is the word shakar, Hebrew shakar, which which means to 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 bow down, okay, to bow down. So worship actually has a posture. Worship has a posture. If if I had time, I would talk about the posture of worship, and that would take forty five minutes. You know, the posture of worship. When you come into into the New Testament, there's a word that is used is Proscuneo, which, which, which means, you know, how many people have dogs here? You know, dog lovers. Dogs are loyal, aren't they? But cats always treat you with suspicion. We, you know, we, we neither have a dog nor a cat, but I, I just observe. That's one thing I do in life, I observe. You know, cats have this entitlement mentality. They behave as though they own the joint. You know, like they're doing you a favor to be in your own home. You know, you come through the door and the cat kind of looks at you, checks you from top to bottom, then kind of looks away that, yeah, whatever. You know, whereas with a dog, the moment the owner walks through the door, the dog is excited, wagging its tail, running over to the mouth, licking, licking his, licking his hands. And you see, that is the picture of worship. Proskuneo means to lick, to lick, to lick the hands of the master. Okay, so now you are so in love with, 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 with this God, with this object of your worship, that when you see them, you can't help yourself. That's what this worship is. So now, but, but, but when we read in the English language, it just renders it as worship. But it's much more deeper than that. There's another one, it's called Latrio. You know, it, it's to, to bow down. When you go into Matthew chapter 2, you know, Matthew chapter 2, and you know, from verse 2, it talks about how Ah, yes, 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 Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2. Come on now, come on, you can chin, you can do this. You can do this, all right, you can do this. Matthew chapter 2, is it, is it making sense? Yeah. If it doesn't, Pastor Adele will be here next week to <laughs> do the damage control. <laughs> you know, it, took, it talks about these wise men who came, it says that, um, verse 2, okay, 
I'll give you a bit of context. I'll just try and breeze through this thing. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, verse 1, during the time of King Herod, Major from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who is born, the king of the Jews? We saw this. We saw his star, you know, when it rose uh, and have come to worship him. This is basically the first time that the word worship is used in the New Testament. Worship. You know, and it's attributed to Jesus Christ, you know, uh, you know, have, have, having been born. And then you, you scroll down further. It talks about how they, they came. Verse 11 says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They bowed down and they worshipped him. It's almost like, you know, because of the use of the English language that they had to they had to combine they had to kind of combine the words bow down and worship to kind of give a picture you know but in the original language the word that is used which you know would be uh, summed up as worship actually portrays that it portrays that so you come and you pay homage and you bow down and the reason you do that is because you are in the presence of the one who is greater. Okay? You're in the presence of one who is greater. So, it, it, history would tell us that the, the, these were actually kings. These were wealthy people. But, but they came and having recognized who he was, that he was worthy of worship. They bowed down and then they presented their, their gifts. That's the other aspect of worship in that worship it, it, it just doesn't have to do with you, but it's got to do with you and yours and all the stuff that you own. You know, so it's easy to say you worship God, but you see, because worship flows from the heart, and the Bible says where the, you know, where the treasure is, that, that's where the heart is. And so if the heart is for God, then your treasure is in God. Then everything else belongs to him. So you have no issues when it comes to giving or to serving, because you find that these two, giving and serving, are acts of worship. Because we are talking about everyday worship. Every day. So worship then is not an event. Worship is not an occasional thing. It's meant to be an everyday thing. You know, it's like bread and bread and cake. It's unfortunate that in our time now, we've kind of substituted bread out of our diet. But when you go back to the biblical times, bread was an integral part of, of their diet. It was meant to be there every day. Cake, on the other hand, is occasional. But unfortunately, in the Western world church, we've kind of treated worship as this occasional thing that we do. It's almost like cake. So some of us, the only time we get to worship is when we come into a space like this. But now, because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he dwells in you, so worship then is meant to be every day, everywhere, every time. 
because it's a hard thing. There's a scripture in John chapter 4, quite a lengthy portion of scripture, that I'm just going to pick sections out of it, but I would really encourage you to read the, you know, pretty much the, the entire chapter of John chapter 4. Because in John chapter 4, we find Jesus, Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ engages this, you know, seemingly strange woman. He encounters her at the well, and, you know, and immediately he goes into, into a conversation with her. So, in John chapter 4, you know, so Jesus Christ, you know, is with his disciples, they've come into this, into this place, and then they kind of go away, and then he begins to uh, engage with the woman. I'll start reading from verse, verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, that's the uh, John chapter 4, verse uh, 7, the, the NIV when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw, water, uh, to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered her, everyone who drinks this water will thirsty again so in talking about worship if you worship anything else other than God Jehovah the creator of the heaven and the earth there will always be a void within there will always be an emptiness Because, because that void can only be occupied, can only be filled by the one that created you with that void. And the reason he created you with that void is so that he would occupy it. And the only way he would occupy that void is when you and I begin to ascribe worship to him. So it's very deliberate that Jesus is engaging with this woman and saying the things that he's saying that are almost unrelated to where the conversation started from. If you drink of this water, natural water, you continue to thirst. You will continue to thirst. But whoever drinks the water I give, give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. This is a setup. Somebody say setup. This is a setup. Jesus knew exactly what was going on here. This is a setup. And then she says, sir, I have no husband. He says, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five. And the man you have now is not your husband. 
what you've just said is quite true. So the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors, oh, now here it gets, it gets exciting now. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Have you ever met somebody who tried so hard to impress you? You know, they, they, they knew that you worked in the, in the medical field, Rob, and, you know, they, you, you, you kind of got introduced to them, and they straight away just went into talking about medical stuff and bring out all these terminologies, and you were just there looking at them like, please, don't. <laughs> this is what's going on here. She's trying to impress him. Okay? But you see, Jesus cuts to the heart of the matter. He says, no, 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 no. Woman, believe me. A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Because you see, dear friends, everyday worship transcends geographical locations. Uh-huh. Everyday worship is not about place and location. Everyday worship is about the heart. Because it flows from the heart. And wherever you are, there you are with your heart. And so everyday worship then can happen anywhere and should happen and must happen, is required to happen. Our Father is waiting to receive our worship. And what's the, what's the driving force behind this worship? Our love for him. Our adoration. Remember my example of a dog? A dog adores you. The moment you walk in, you know, my master is here. The dog is excited. Dog is excited, wagging its tail, turning around and running and skipping and excited. Expectant. Oh, here come some treats. Whereas the, the cat looks at you and says, slave, feed me now. Oh, I'll burn this joint down. <laughs> That's just my inter interpretation in my head. I look at Kurtz, I'm like, they're scheming. Something evil is going on. They're scheming. I know, I mean, the cat lovers say, oh, no, it's not like that. Nah, for me, that's just, just uh, that's how I see it. That's just how I see it. You know, they, they, there's this adoration. So he says to her, he says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and in truth. There it is, in spirit and in truth. All right, it's good that you want to worship God. But you see, there's almost like a divine etiquette that God has set in place on how we are to worship him. I mean, you don't just approach the queen, her majesty, the way you want to. There's a royal etiquette. Uh, you know, it's actually said that, uh, you know, prior to you meeting her, they, they, they get you into this place where they take you through the do's and don'ts. No, 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 you don't high-five the queen. We know you're excited to see her. There's no fist bumping with the queen. You stand your ground. Keep your hands to yourself. Only speak when you're spoken to. Royal etiquette. 
I know you can't help yourself, but now keep it together. Royal etiquette. So now, there's a thing that I call divine etiquette. In that God who is spirit says, no, 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 I want you to worship me, but this is how. See, the woman was concerned with the where of worship. But Jesus Christ rearranges the whole thing and says, no, 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 no. It's about the who of worship and the how of worship. That's what's up. It's about the who and the how. God is spirit. Let's just start right there. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Take time to read John chapter 14 because in John chapter 14, Jesus Christ makes this statement, one of the I am statements. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. The way, the truth, the life. So if you are going to worship Abba Father, if you're going to worship Yahweh, if you're going to worship God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, this is the divine etiquette. You worship him in spirit and in truth. It means that your worship must be Holy Spirit empowered through, the whole, through, through Jesus Christ who is the truth. And the reason you must worship, you know, in, in spirit and in truth, because Jesus makes this statement, he says, then you will know the truth and the truth will do what? Come on, come on somebody. We'll set you free. So true worship then is a place of total freedom. And see, true worship, everyday worship, transcends the songs that we sing. It's much more than that. Songs are good. But songs are almost like conduits and not the object themselves. But you see what has happened along the way? We've become consumers of worship. We have preferences. It's almost like in a nightclub where somebody says, oh, that's my jam. I'm on the dance floor now. <laughs> that's my jam. I'm on the dance floor. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, that, that's my song. I love that song. No, 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 no. You are not the object of worship. You should not consume the worship. You are to give the worship. Release it completely. It's never meant for us to consume. It's never meant for us to receive it. It's never meant for us to keep it. Takes me back to the cat and dog illustration again. The cat has this, you know, entitlement mentality, you know, like, yeah, whatever. Now nah, you serve me. And you know what, unfortunately, I've been around church people. <laughs> I see them. You know, I see them. There are some that just have this uh, almost like entitlement mentality. They come in as if they're doing everybody else a favor. I'm like, dude, the air that's in your lungs, the air you're breathing right now is his. If he said to you, no, 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 keep all your stuff. I'm just going to withhold my air. You're gone. <laughs> Capish. Bye-bye. He was a great dude. Like that. So, there should never be this, you know, 
kind of entitlement mentality. You know, we, we, we should be in awe. You see that word awe, awesome. But we've reduced it to pizza description. How's the pizza? Awesome, mate, awesome. No, that word awe is a powerful word. And there's only one who is truly awesome. It's God, Abba Father, Yahweh, your creator, my creator, Abba Father, the one that loves us. He's the only one who is awesome. And because he's awesome, he deserves our praise. He deserves our worship. And we bring it to him. We got to land this plane now. I think we're going to crash land it. Because we've flown so high. Lovely, wonderful people. Come on. Come on. Join me on say it was your leading this morning was just uh, spirit led, fantastic. You keep up the good work, keep pressing into, into, into his presence. Hallelujah. L- let, me, let me end by reading this quotation that I got from where is that thing? William Temple, who you know, is regarded as widely regarded a brilliant, uh, you know, Archbishop of Canterbury from 1942 to 44. Wrote these words concerning worship. This is what he said, and I, I, I just love the way he expressed it. And I've held on to these words that I just keep going back to them over and over. He says, "Worship is the submission of all our nature to God. It's the quickening of conscience by His holiness." nourishment of mind by his truth purifying of imagination by his beauty opening of the heart to his love and submission of will to his purpose all this gathered up in adoration is the greatest of human expressions of which we are capable So we are capable of encountering God in his, in his purest form, in his holiness, and in his righteousness, in his glory and majesty. When we begin to engage in worship that is in spirit and in truth. Every single one of us is capable of that because we were designed by God. To be everyday worshippers. Will you purpose this year, dear friend, 2021, that you are going to build an altar right in your heart where you will constantly offer to God the sacrifice of thanksgiving, of praise and worship? Because every single one of us in the new covenant is a priest. And because you are a priest, you are to bring sacrifice to the altar. And the only sacrifice that Abba Father receives now is spiritual. In, in, in Revelations chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it talks about how we are to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. It says, holy and acceptable. Not dead sacrifice, because you can just chuck it there and walk away. It says, living sacrifice. It's never going to be convenient because it was never about convenience. It's about conviction. An everyday worshiper is driven by conviction. Conviction that's rooted in the word of God, which is the truth. Driven by the spirit of God.
Lord, help us. Help us to be, to be true worshipers, to be people that worship in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name. Just going to hand over to Pastor Adele now. Wow, thank you. I think we will finish with a song just in praise to our Lord. And if you do want prayer for anything, then please come down while we sing this song. Pastor Chinyama, I'm sure, would love to pray um, for you, and I myself can pray for you. So please come up if you would like to receive prayer. Can we stand to our feet and we'll just finish in a song to our amazing God? Let's sing King of Kings, hey? praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Chinyama, what a message. Can we please? Come on. There was so much good stuff in that. I couldn't keep up. I could have quite happily have sat through your seven-hour sermon, Pastor Chinyama, but the protein shake will do. Amen? Amen. Thank
Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, that brings us to an end, church. Um, just a quick reminder, we're picking our little lovely children up at 11.30. So if you could be across there by 11.30. And do please stick around. Um, grab a coffee. Grab something to eat. We'd love to chat and connect with you guys. And don't forget, we're going to carry on with the second message of our series, Everyday Worship, next week. And I will be bringing the word. So I look forward to that. Okay, church, we love you. Have a great week. Go and grab a coffee. God bless.